Hey friends, Ashton here. This is our best of 2018 episode. I hope these words bring life into your days, wind into your sails, and allow you to move into your lives, relationships, and businesses with a sense of awe, a sense of wonder, a sense of beauty, and a sense that this life matters. It means something. It's going somewhere, and you can participate. Enjoy. If we're going to change the world, we have to start with ourselves. Yeah. And, uh, and so what does it mean to take transformation seriously instead of scapegoating, looking, taking a hard look within and saying, how am I called to expand for the sake of the world? Yeah. How am I not called to just hunch down? There's this phrase, homo incurvatus, which is the idea that we sort of curl in on ourselves and just protect. Hmm. But that's not how we were made. Yeah. We were made yeah. um, to expand. We were made to grow. We were made. And, and I think on that journey is where flourishing happens. We have this opportunity to serve, and paradoxically, it helps us. That's right. It, 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 it uncovers our true self, and then we find great joy in it. And so I believe that that's possible to, for anybody in any station in life, and no matter where they work or what they're doing, to find this, um, and it will lend dignity to, dignity to their day. Yeah reorganized myself. I stayed in shape. Um, I was very thoughtful about everything I did. I did things the harder way as opposed to taking shortcuts to ensure that my end product was always what it should be. You know, I changed mm -hmm. and that's mm -hmm. a really necessary part in, in becoming more is, is change. And the only way I've seen people be effective at joining people in their darkness is if they've taken the own, their own long journey back into their own darkness. You don't help people effectively reconcile their stories until you've done some work in reconciling your own. Delight um, celebrates people. Delight is almost always um, a tender experience um, and, uh, and that it becomes a bridge between people um, and a bridge back to, to who we were before we became ashamed and forgot who we were. The advice I would give my past self would be just to pay attention more. Pay attention. Pay attention more because I always felt like everything was just about me mm. for a long time. And I think if I would have paid attention a little bit more, some of those people I had around me at that time would have fed greatly into the narrative of where I am today. Wow. Our roles change with mm -hmm. different chapters of our life yes. and life collides with us in so many ways and can hold us back in so many ways. Um, and so when our role changes, if our identity and our sense of purpose is found in a specific title, we fall apart and mm. we're empty. If our aspirations are set by a particular chapter of, of our life, say motherhood or marriage, well, if those things don't happen for us, does that make us nobody and worthless? Um, and and what, I, what, I was hope, what I've been hoping to do with the conversation about the dream with you is to boil back and... Um, from all of from from the um, designations we often put on ourselves or have put on us, and come back to something more intricate and more intimate and with greater possibility. The promise of gratitude as a deep sort of transformative spiritual practice in our own lives is that when really crappy things happen to us, that even in the midst of that, there is some capacity of love and compassion and wonder and awe 
because then you enter your moments and instead of uh, you changing the moment, you let the moment change you. I mean, just think about that shift that's right there. By you beginning your day at yes, you may enter moments that typically you would enter into with the posture of no, but now you can enter frustrating moments with the posture of yes and allow yourself to be transformed before you try to trans- transform the moment. The return can take place on so many levels. So, but it is, you know, one of the, to return to being present, to holding nothing back, to leaning in when life pushes you out, when worry, fear, and pain push you away, that's when we need to lean back in. When I'm closed, that's when I need to open. So, you know, I can't stay open all the time, but when I close, I need to open When I'm afraid, I need to look at what I'm afraid of. Because the word respect means to look again. And so so when I'm afraid and I can look again, I'm respecting myself. In order to get really great at whatever you're doing, there is an element of being able to kind of be comfortable with being uncomfortable about the future and doing things that you haven't done before. Earlier, you know, in life, we're, we're trying to figure out who we are and oftentimes that's mixed up with these lies that we're listening to, but we don't realize that we're listening to them. And so we're shaping our sense of self around what I, what I have, what I do or what others say or think about me. And, uh, and so this kind of identity tends to form and when we're ready to wake up to who we really are, to the good, true, and beautiful that is our essence, uh, then we um, then we realize, oh wow, like this other sense of self that I've been so invested in yeah. actually has to die so that this new life can come forward. So what does an essentialist think? They they are you know instead of I have to, it's I I choose to. So they have a, a, a heightened awareness. Of their ability to choose, yep. They, yep. They're, de- they're 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 developing that uh, that they really do hold on to this core assumption of only a few things really matter. So a non-essentialist tends to think that everything's essential, uh, uh, whereas an, uh, as an essentialist tends to think that almost everything is non-essential. And so what grows out of that is this idea that uh, that, that therefore we need to make trade-offs. You know, as, a, as an essentialist, if I can make choices and only a few things really matter, then I need to use my ability to choose to trade off all the non-essential stuff for those things that really matter. And if I so, so the actions that that cause that right, the the behavior, the discipline pursuit of less is is to pause to discern what really matters, mm-hmm. to say no to everything that we can that's not essential, or at least negotiate the non-essentials, to remove obstacles, to make execution as easy as possible. That's the behavior. That's the work of the essentialist. We think maybe that job has the key. We think that relationship Mm. with that perfect person on paper holds the key. We think that a certain amount of money in our bank account holds the key. Like we, we look outside of us for the key to our happiness, truth, success, potential, whatever you want to call it, when really like, no, 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 it's in our pocket. Mm. I don't define happiness as pleasure. I define happiness as the joy you feel moving towards your potential. 
And I use mm-hmm. that definition because joy is something you can experience even when life is not pleasurable. What's beautiful to realize is my faith tradition is good, but it's just one sliver of the whole. And so whenever I can think of my tradition as one little part, one slice of the of the pie or whatever, then it can be it can offer a contribution. But whenever I think of my tradition as the entire story, it is a bad story. The whole idea of the one thing isn't that you only have one thing. Um, If I showed you my goal sheet, there's a lot of stuff on it. It's about you can only have one area of focus at a time. And so you have to figure out at this time what your one thing is so that you're trying to be appropriate in the moments of your life. We are wired for struggle. We're wired to overcome struggle. We're wired to be forward moving, to make progress. So um, we can either Pain, struggle, conflict in life are inevitable, and we can either have pain, struggle, conflict that's moving us towards something, good, true, and beautiful, Mm. or we can have pain, struggle, and drama that's not taking us anywhere and that's just passing the time. Once you get patient with paradox, with mystery, with, with things that you don't, can't understand, and better, don't need to understand to appreciate. <laughs> you can love things without fully understanding them. You know? yes. And that's the that's a much more open-hearted, open-ended, full-horizon way of knowing reality that was called faith. I do believe if we start getting people all around contemporary culture, from all different religions and cultural backgrounds, to realize the we nature of an integrated identity, then mm-hmm. people will break free of this separate self yeah. way that we've been encouraging young children to live, adolescents to live, and it's leading to a, a sense of disconnection and meaninglessness, right. yeah. which isn't good for anybody. One of my favorite analogies um, about revelation and about change is snow, because if it's if you're sitting in a cabin and it starts snowing, there is never an exact moment where all of a sudden the ground is covered in snow. Right. It's like particle by particle that you cannot track. You just see a light dusting and then it's a little more and you cannot track the change because it's a million times it's a trillion mm-hmm. tiny mm-hmm. things accumulating. But if you fall asleep and you wake up the next day in a winter wonderland, there's such a clear difference between no snow and a winter wonderland that is obvious. But if you were to stare outside all night and watch it fall, you would never be able to say, and now we're in a winter one, you know? You can't tell me the moment. And that's, I think, a lot of how life is. It's a trillion snowflakes of experience, of lesson, of wisdom, of wounding, of whatever. And really only when you wake up the next morning and look mm-hmm. out, you can see a change. Yeah. We're all inherently wired uh, differently than the person standing right next to us. And so if that's true, then what do we do with that? And the, I think the, the invitation is to realize that there's a purpose to you being on, on the planet, number one, and 
two, that that purpose is somehow in, in, in some sort of mysterious paradox there to help the person standing next to you recognize that they belong hmm. just the way they are as well. Hmm. Welcome home. Alone in the alien, snow-blown woods, moving hard to stay warm in zero weather, I stop on a rise to catch my breath as the sun setting through bare-boned trees falls upon my face, fierce and full of life. Breathing easy now, breathing with the earth, I suddenly feel accepted feel myself stand my own ground, strong, deep-rooted as a tree, while time and all these troubles disappear. And when, who knows how long, I move on down the trail and find my ancient burdens returning, I stop once more to say no to them. Not here, not now, not ever again. Reclaiming the welcome home the woods have given me. And as you approach today, may you pause by the orchid, listen to the bluebirds sing, and be love. <laughs>